Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host and have been the host, the Commission. And we have wrapped up the entire regular season of the National Football League. It ended last night between the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. And interesting enough, when we think about the season that was for 2020, you know, it. I started with the first game and a few weeks prior to the first game and the controversy that led up to week one, the controversy that was regarding COVID and how this virus would affect the season and how these players and coaching staff themselves would be able to get through the season. And I believe from what I can remember, from what I've heard leading up to week one, there were so many people doubtful, skeptical, the idea of having an NFL season because we weren't sure how successful this would be. We didn't know if this would actually pan out to play out for a full 17-week season. No one knew. But we had to believe for the sake of the sport and for the sake of the fans and people alike that are a part of ownership within the organization, within these institutions, that is the National Football Conference and the American Football Conference, it was amicable amongst everyone to do our best to have a successful season, relatively successful season. And I have to believe, in spite of the people that had fallen sick throughout the season, and let me just say, I don't want to sound insensitive when I say this, but I'm sorry that there were people that were sickened by this virus. I have to believe it could have been prevented I believe that protocol did work for the majority of the people in the NFL that did not get sick. So I'm not going to sit here and feel as though there were people out there that just happened to fall under the despise or the angst of protocol and people conducting, controlling what these players can do. It was really up to the people. It was up to the players. It was up to the staff. It was up to ownership to regulate these rules to make sure that the virus did not spread throughout the country, just through the NFL alone. Thus, fans could not participate in games. In some locations, they had to have an okay by the city to say that they were able to attend games, of which it led to about maybe 20, 25% of the fans that were season ticket holders to attend. And so the process took place the beginning of September. And the process led up to where we are now in the new year of 2021. And we have witnessed games that if you are a fan of the NFL, it's a season you won't forget. It's a season you cannot find yourself in the position to forget. This is a season you always remember in large part because of the virus and what it did to these people, these brave 
individuals. The NFL didn't have to be. They didn't have to be a season. A lot of people decide to write off the season, but in spite of those, however, we had a full NFL season. And whether my gratitude or my congratulations to the league really owns up to anything, if it has any type of value to it at all, I'm just grateful that we were able to have a season that I believe the majority of us could and did enjoy. It means a lot to me to understand that for what we see moving forward in the years to come, 2021 and so on, there'll always be an issue. There'll always be a problem. There'll always be something that could keep something like the NFL or any type of sport achievement, the NBA, MLB, national hockey, tennis, golf, what have you. There always be what they say, the hiccup in the road, where you're going to find situations like this, where we may not be able to hold an event. We may not be able to hold a game. We may not be able to, to take on a match or matches for the weekend because of COVID. This is something that we'll have to get used to for the years to come in spite of the vaccinations. People are going to abuse protocol. People are going to abuse the privileges that are given to them because in their mind, they feel as though they cannot get sick and they won't. And then somehow, so suddenly, people start to get sick. Athletes start to get sick. People in office start to get sick. What are you to do? What was the NFL to do? They were passing out fines. They're passing out these penalties like rice at a wedding. Anybody that opposed protocol, anybody that decided to despise, act out against it, were fined and punished. Some teams lost draft picks. Some teams lost any type of incentive for that organization. Whatever money, whatever uh, commission, whatever value, whatever reward was gone, taken from them. And they were hit with the fines. They were hit with the penalties because the message has to be clear. Even now, tonight, moving into the postseason of the NFL season, starting this Saturday, protocol has to be in place so that we could still finish this season without a blemish. We want to be able to hold the postseason. We want to be able to have the playoffs start. And we don't care if other people get sick. We don't care if other people decide to avoid and neglect the protocol that's in place. We're going to keep moving on because this is the NFL. And for what I've heard, the NFL is still number one in revenue because we can't help but love and be addicted and be attracted to this sport. So much goes into this sport. We don't really think about it until it's over, until the Super Bowl is done. And then we're left wondering, what are we going to do next? What are we going to watch? And for some, it's easy. It's basketball. For some, it's easy. It's hockey. For some, we can't wait for spring training. 
but nothing replaces the NFL. And I've been proud to be able to sit behind this mic and just talk freely about what I believe the NFL is to me. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, we see what's happening in the world and we see what's happening in sports. But we also understand that we can do a lot better for ourselves if we maintain that level of discipline. If we just took the time out to realize that sometimes this is not about me. There may be other people on the team that are looking to see that I come through in the clutch. In the time that we need you the most, you're available for us. You're not sick laying up in bed because you have the coronavirus. The postseason is going to be symbolic of just that. If it's going to affect anything, if this virus is really going to affect anything, it's really going to affect who has an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. The wild card schedule is now in place. It was finalized last night when the Washington football team defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. I say this proudly. I understand there's controversy, and I'll touch on that in a second. But for those that don't know the wild card schedule for this coming weekend, starting January 9th, we have three games on for both days, the 9th and the 10th of January. First game played will be Indianapolis at Buffalo. Second game for that Saturday will be the Los Angeles Rams at Seattle and the Seahawks. The evening game, which is probably fitting, will be Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, the Buccaneers against my Washington football team in the late game. For that Sunday, the 10th, the Baltimore Ravens will take on the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. The Chicago Bears that crawled into the playoffs, I like to believe, will take on one of the best teams in the league in the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. And we have for the night game, how fitting, the Cleveland Browns. Shout out to Cleveland. Did a great job this year against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I have spreads. I don't know if people follow spreads. I usually do. It really sends, it's, it tells the story. It sends the message of what we perceive of these teams going into the playoffs. Buffalo's favored by six and a half. Seattle's favored by four and a half. Interesting enough, Tampa Bay is favored by seven and a half points against Washington. Shouldn't shock a lot of people. Washington has been the doormat of this league for a long time. So it probably seems fitting that they would be seven and a half point underdogs. For the Sunday games, Baltimore is four and a half point favorite. The New Orleans Saints are eight and a half point favorite. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, in spite of losing three straight, are three and a half point favorites against the Cleveland Browns. That is your schedule for this coming weekend. Now, what I normally do is sit back and criticize how these teams look, how well they've played, how much they stunk. And I'm not going to do that tonight. I think we understand by now what these teams are made up of. And, you know, 
when you think about these six teams that'll be playing on Saturday and the six teams that are playing on Sunday, one thing could be said about these teams outside of them being great. They were consistent in how they managed their games, how they won their games and how they persevered to where we are right now in the postseason. And I know there's controversy regarding the game we saw last night between Washington and Philly. I'm not oblivious to that. I'm not ignoring that at all. But I have to believe for what we saw in that game last night, one thing could be said regarding Philly and the outcome of that game. It didn't matter if they won. It didn't matter if they lost. They were focused on their team. Now, head coach Doug Peterson said differently. He was playing to win. Perhaps he was. Perhaps the win wasn't on that field last night. Maybe the win comes long term. Maybe the win comes five years down the road when they're talking about creating another dynasty. Or perhaps just trying to create a dynasty for this organization. Perhaps they realize they're playing to win in, a, in, 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 a, in an effort to try to understand which players they can keep, which players they're going to need moving forward, and how dominant they can be next season. Now, there are some that say, you know, it didn't make a difference if they lost their game because for some, they probably thought it was a question of draft picks. They probably thought that, hey, if Philly loses, they get an opportunity to get the sixth pick overall as opposed to the ninth pick overall. I, I mean, I, I've heard commentary about the fact that this was all about how they just didn't want new, the, new, the New York Jets, I'm sorry, the New York Giants, excuse me. They didn't want the New York Giants to make the post uh, postseason. They didn't want them in the playoffs. There's so many things that are going on here. There's so many narratives and, and dynamics regarding what this Eagles team did and why they did it. We can't fault nobody for what happened. For some reason, he felt as though Jalen Hurst was going to be his quarterback of the future. Maybe he saw enough out of Jalen Hurst to say, I don't care if we win this game. I don't care if this team really survives. We've had a horrible season. The NFC East had a horrible season. What difference does it make if they win against Washington? It's the fact that there's naysayers that said that they didn't want Washington to go to the playoffs. There's people out there that believe that Washington is not talented enough to be in the postseason. How about those apples? Look at them. They're the fourth seed, one of the worst records in the division, one of the worst records in the conference. We get all of that. But this is about making the playoffs. Herm Edwards says it best. You play to win the game. Call it luck. Call it strategic. Call it fate. Call it an act of God. It's the point that we are all here to see one thing take place, to see our team survive to make the playoffs. And for some, that's exactly what we got. And for what we're going to see this weekend, we're going to see some intense football games. All for a shot and an opportunity 
to play February 7th in Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida, Super Bowl 55. Coach Ron Rivera said, I'm not going to apologize for winning. Head coach Joe Judge said he would never disrespect the game the way the Eagles did. This is not about disrespecting the game. No one needs to apologize for winning. No one needs to own up to anything. The decision was made by Philly and Philly alone. Just like the decisions were made to fire Adam Gaze. Just like the decision was made to fire Doug Marone. Just like the decision was made to fire Anthony Lynn. This is all about the sport. This is what we're looking at, people. This is football at its finest. What you see is just a microcosm of what makes this sport the best sport in professional sports here in America. It's why we watch. It's why these bars are filled with fans of all types to sit back and watch this maybe two or three hours of their team end up victorious. But even if that's not the case, even if your team doesn't make the playoffs, we want to enjoy a good game. We want to see our team survive. We want to see them win. Nothing makes us feel better than to see our team win, which is why the Jets did what they did, which is why the Jaguars did what they did. And this is the reason why the Chargers, go Chargers, go, did what they did. I don't like the thought of them firing Anthony Lynn. I don't like the fact that they decide to move on from him at a time where you think he had turned this team around to win games. One person said, if you lose as many games as you did by the amount of points that you did, then you don't deserve to be a coach. Who the hell are you? Who is anybody to sit back in a chair and say that because you lost so many games by three points, four points, two points, that you don't deserve to be a coach? Give me a break. Anthony Lynn did the best he could with the guys that he did. The reason why Justin Herbert did as well as he did had less to do with Justin Herbert and more to do with that coaching staff. And the person responsible for that was Anthony Lynn. The least they could have done was given him at least another year to prove to a lot of people that those games that they could have won, they will win this coming season. You can say what you want. You're not going to go out there and get a Bruce Arians to coach Justin Herbert. You're not going to go out there and get an Urban Meyer to coach Justin Herbert. You're not going to get anybody that has any type of bond with quarterbacks to go out there and coach a Justin Herbert any more, any better than where he is right now. So why not at least give one more year to Anthony Lynn? Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased because this is another black coach that lost his job during a time where their team sucked. And just as this team was starting to get better, you decide to release them. I can't find the respect in that. If anything, it just tells the tale. It shows what this NFL fabric is made of. The success comes from the people that you want to be successful. It's not a question of who you think could be more successful. Vic Fangio is still a coach of the Broncos, and their team looked like hot garbage this past season. 
as opposed to having Vance Joseph there, who was only there for just a season, perhaps two, and then they fire. Let's show a little bit more respect to some of these coaches that deserve a fighting chance to keep their job. If you don't like Anthony Lynn after another year with Justin Herbert back there, if they don't make the playoffs, fine. But you got to give these black coaches an opportunity. Three and four years may not cut it. For what we saw from Doug Marone, at least he was a game away from the Super Bowl. Anthony Lynn will not have that opportunity. This is what I don't like about the league. Call it for what it is. Say what you want. That needs to improve moving forward. Outside of the improvement we did see, be it minute, regarding the NFL, there's still things that need to be changed. There's still other ticks in the system that need to be cleaned out. And I got to believe moving forward that will happen. So says the commission. Game balls for the last week of regular season in the NFL. I have my list of people getting game balls. And let me start with the quarterbacks, as I normally do. I got to give a game ball to Daniel Jones and what that Giants team tried to do. I'm giving some big ups to the New York Giants. Why am I giving big ups to the New York Giants? Because even if Washington lost that game, the Giants played hard. They played tough. They played for respect. And I got to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the Giants by any stretch of the imagination. But I will give respect for the Giants for what they did against Dallas. A game that they were not favored to win at all. A game I did not predict for them, predict them to win. Daniel Jones gets a game ball. Threw the ball 25 times, completing 17 of those passes for 229 yards. Two touchdowns and an INT. But they fought hard. They fought hard against Dallas. I'll give them that much. I should give a game ball to Tom Brady. But you know what? For what Tom Brady's been doing lately, this does not shock me. The man had almost 400 yards passing with four touchdowns against a weak and depleted Atlanta Falcons defense. But I'm going to give a game ball to John Wolford. John Wolford, who's that? That's the quarterback backing up. Jared Goff for the L.A. Rams. He gets a game ball this evening for maintaining and compose himself. That team himself, they win against an Arizona team that needed to win to go into the playoffs. He gets a game ball. Threw the ball 38 times off the bench, completing 22 of those passes for 231 yards. And they managed to win with their defense with John Wolford handling the ball. For the running backs, this is a no-brainer, ladies and gentlemen. Outside of what J.K. Dobbins did to keep his team, the Baltimore Ravens, alive for the playoffs, Dobbins had 13 carries, 160 yards, and two touchdowns against the Bengals of Cincinnati. But the game balls definitely have to go to King Derrick Henry. This brother went out there and got the rushing title for the second straight season in a row. Ran for over 2,000 yards this season. If he does not get MVP this year, there is a serious problem. 
I'm just throwing it out there right now. There's a serious problem. This man does not get NFL MVP. 34 carries, 250 yards rushing, with two touchdowns to boot. And the other person that gets the game balls within the same division for the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor, rookie. This brother went out there, ran the ball 30 yards for 253 yards and two touchdowns and a must win to keep their team alive for the Indianapolis Colts. This, I mean, this is, you can't get no better than this. This is football at its best for the receivers getting game balls. I got to acknowledge Stefan Diggs on a sensational, sensational season that he had. Led the league in receptions with the Buffalo Bills. He had seven catches for 76 yards. I want to acknowledge him. He doesn't get a game ball. But who does get a game ball is Justin Jefferson in a win against the Detroit Lions. Justin Jefferson, another rookie. He eclipsed Randy Moss with the number of receiving yards in a season and i believe receptions as well in the season nine receptions he had last night for 133 yards in the win against detroit and i gotta give a game brown to antonio brown this man has come full circle with the help of tom brady bruce aarons and the buccaneers organization if there is any light at the end of the tunnel for the buccaneers it could be because of this man antonio brown 11 receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns. These are the game balls given to these gentlemen for week 17 of the NFL season. I am the commission. I want to thank everyone out there by the sound of my voice. I want to thank those that have been listening for as long as I've been doing this. I'm going to continue this ride. It doesn't stop tonight. Just because regular season is over doesn't mean I don't get to talk about postseason. And I got to be honest with you, I would have spent some more time talking about these games. But maybe it's best that I wait until the games are over to talk more about these games. All these games are going to be good. This is the best of the best. You got 14 of the best teams right here playing for a chance at the Super Bowl in February. I'll touch more of that on Sunday nights. I'll be doing Sunday night podcasting from here on in. Now that the season is winding down and we're talking about basketball, I will talk more about the postseason as well as the BCS championship between Alabama and Ohio State. Naturally, Alabama's favorite to win, but I like Ohio State for what they can do on offense, on defense. I like what Ohio State brings to the table on offense with Drake with Trey Sermon. Of course, their quarterback is somebody to also look at in Justin Fields. And that defense for Ohio State is going to be lights out. Not to take anything away from what Alabama can do on offense with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, both Heisman candidates, mind you. This game is going to be a dogfight. Best believe. As I said in my last podcast, this is for all the marbles. And this is all indicative of what's going to be one of the best weekends in football history. This is the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I will do this all again this coming weekend. Everybody have a safe and peaceful week. 
be careful, stay safe. Remember to wear the mask, social distance, do what you need to do, sanitize. Your life depends on it, ladies and gentlemen. Peace and love. I'm out.